What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast, your weekly source for common sense fantasy football advice. I am your host and fantasy football advocate, Chris. Before we get started today, a little, little bit of a funny note. Uh, I was just about ready to sit down and record this. And I was doing my, my pre-show tests and everything before I record and you know, normal stuff. You you know, test, test it in a microphone. I played it back to see how it sounded and it was very echoey. Very, very echoey. Was not was not good. Could not figure out the problem. Obviously, I can't record like that. The show is going to sound terrible. I don't want that. So I you know do it a few more times and the same thing happens. And then I look down and realize the cord for my microphone is not even plugged in. And my computer was picking up the test, which is why it sounded so echoey, because it was in the entire room with no buffer around it, no soundproofing uh, shield that I have around my microphone to make sure there's no echo. So, yeah, I felt pretty stupid. Uh, Plugged that in, and yeah, wouldn't you know it, now it's fine. So hopefully this sounds really good. The soundproofing shield is new. I got that because I noticed not only in this podcast, but in my other podcast, uh, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Available Wednesdays, wherever you download your favorite podcast. Cheap plug. Uh, I've noticed that there can be an echo from time to time, and I wanted to try to uh, address that. So hopefully this is the best-sounding show I have done for you all so far. Um, Let me know. Let me know if it sounds better, or if you can't even notice at all. Uh, But now that I've told you that story and made you confident that you cannot believe anything I say today because I'm not all there, uh, I'm going to try to talk to you about fantasy football on today's episode. I will go over a couple of big stories that happened in week 10 and how they may affect your team, Uh, week 11 uh, streamers, and I will answer a listener question to close the show. Let's get started. Big story, Drew Brees, one of the best of all time, future first ballot Hall of Famer for the New Orleans Saints, injured this past weekend, took a really nasty hit. It was flagged as a personal foul, but I really didn't see it that way. I don't know. To me, it didn't look like a dirty hit. It was definitely a hard hit. It was a solid hit, but... Looked like the, the defensive lineman when he came down, when he, when he brought Breeze down, tried the shift to his side. Wasn't trying to put all his weight on Breeze, which is what the foul was called for. Either way, though, Breeze got hurt. Uh, collapsed lung, fractured ribs. Uh, given the nature of those injuries, it could have been much, much worse. Uh, so, fortunately, it was not. But it looks like he will miss at least two weeks. Uh, and then he'll be reevaluated. I, I am not a doctor, as I said before. Do not take my advice when it comes to... Uh, medical uh, conditions as gospel by any means, but man, just seeing seeing how he got hit and how he wasn't right afterwards, uh, I would I would think it'd be more than two weeks, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe there's something they can do for him in two weeks that'll enable him to get back on the field. One thing's for sure, you know, if he can play, you will. So uh, there, there's that. Uh, but you know, this is going to affect other pe- players on the team not just people who are or have Drew Brees as their quarterback on their fantasy team, but it's going to affect other players. Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas. I don't really know how negatively it's going to affect anyone, though. And not because Drew Brees isn't great, because he is. It may affect the Saints' chances to win games, and it probably will, because let's face it, they have Jameis Winston out there who... I mean, top defenses wish they could cause as many turnovers as Jameis Winston does. But Jameis Winston throws a lot. Jameis Winston threw for over 5,000 yards last season and 30 touchdowns as the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, when they when they signed Tom Brady, he was kind of ousted out of town and found a home in uh, New Orleans. And, I mean, not a whole 
what a whole lot better situation you could be as a quarterback to have the talent they, they have on offense and you can learn from Drew Brees and Sean Payton. So if you're a young guy looking to, you know, tune up your skills before you go out and try to get another contract, you're in a really good spot if you're Jameis Winston. They also have Taysom Hill. My co-host on my other podcast will is not a fan and constantly says he's nothing but gimmick and gadget plays. I disagree. I think he has a very special place in that offense, and they know how to use him and use him effectively. If Jameis Winston can be effective throwing the ball, Taysom Hill can still be effective doing what he does. Uh, I, I wouldn't obviously pick him up in fantasy. I don't think you'll have that much value. But, I mean, Jameis, you could give a shot to. If you have Michael Thomas on your team, if you have uh, Alvin Kamara, and you're looking for a streaming quarterback, I mean, you could give Jameis Winston a shot. Just be very, very aware. He could lay an egg. He could give you absolutely nothing useful. Um, Definitely buyer beware when it comes to taking Jameis Winston on as a streaming candidate uh, any week. Um, But like I said, he had some good stats last year. And he did have laser eye surgery in the offseason. How much that will or won't help him, I don't know. He says he sees a lot better now, which, you know, all kidding aside, could be a reason why he had trouble, you know, throwing the ball to his team and not the other team last season in Tampa Bay. But I wouldn't go near him until I see how he performs this week. The Breeze is going to be out two, three, four weeks. You're going to have a few weeks to potentially have him on your roster and use him. I'd wait a week. If you have an open bench spot and you want to pick him up just in case, pick him up, let him sit there, and see how he does before you try throwing him in. As far as everybody else in the team goes, I don't think it'll hurt Alvin Kamara one bit. If anything, it'll help him because they're going to have to run the ball more. They're going to have to throw more short passes because uh, Jameis Winston does not read defenses like Drew Brees does. He's not going to read pressures like Drew Brees does. So you're going to get a lot more check down passes to the running back. Kamara is going to be just fine. The secondary receivers for the Saints may suffer because, let's face it, Winston's going to throw to Michael Thomas a lot. And Michael Thomas has not been used. The three games he's played, he was not heavily featured. The rest of the time he was injured or suspended for, you know, fighting with teammates. Uh, But I think this is really a chance for Michael Thomas to break out because if you're a receiver, uh, excuse me, if you're a quarterback, new to an offense, as far as a starter goes, you're going to look for your best security blanket, and there's far fewer uh, people who are better security blankets in the league than Michael Thomas when it comes to making a quarterback feel safe about throwing in their direction. So if Thomas is 100%, like he says he is, he's going to see a lot of targets with Jameis Winston. I'd be shocked if he does not have a big game this weekend. I have no idea how the Saints will perform if they'll win or not. Jameis Winston could cause some turnovers that put the Saints' defense in bad spots. They could win, they could lose, I don't know. But fantasy-wise, I think they'll be okay. Next topic, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had a fantastic game Sunday. He's had a really, really good year. Uh, he very well could end up, by the time all said and done, being in the MVP discussion, if he isn't there already. Uh, but I'm not talking about him in this segment. I'm talking about his opposing quarterback last Sunday, Josh Allen. Kyler Murray got a lot of attention, and rightfully so. If you've, Unless you've been living under a rock and you're a sports fan, you've seen that 43-yard Hail Mary uh, with two seconds left to DeAndre Hopkins. That was just one of the most incredible, exciting plays of the year, or maybe in years, 
by far. Uh, I jumped up when it happened. I was watching it live on NFL Red Zone, and it was it was something else. It was it was incredible. But that really overshadowed Josh Allen in the game he had. Guy's been phenomenal all year. The guy has grown leaps and bounds from the quarterback he was last season. And if you you know you're a Bills fan or a football fan in general, and you've seen a lot of Josh Allen, you can definitely tell the difference between his game last year and his game this year. A lot of the things he does this year, if he had done last year, the Bills could have given the Patriots a run for their money in the AFC East. And he must have worked a lot of his mechanics in the offseason because he is more accurate this year. He looks more confident. He's smarter with the ball. He's not perfect. He still makes some mistakes. And he still has some games where you go, Oof, I don't know. Throw some bad passes. He's a young quarterback. He will be okay. He will absolutely be okay. The Bills have a franchise quarterback in Josh Allen. And if you drafted Josh Allen or picked him up off free agency, you are very, very happy with that decision right now. And you have been mostly all year because even in Bills' losses, he performed pretty well. But the thing I want to address is there has been a couple articles I've seen. Should you trade Josh Allen high? While he's you know pretty much as valuable as he's going to be. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I, I know the answer under certain circumstances to that. My response to that would be, if you drafted him as your number one and you'd have to stream somebody if you let him go or traded him, then no, don't trade him. I don't care what you get back for him. If you have somebody on your team who's performing like that and your team is doing well, good enough to the point where you think you have a shot to make the playoffs or solidify your team by trading him, you're probably in that position because of him, at least partially. So it doesn't make any sense to make a trade for the sake of trading just to get somebody who may not, you know, a, a running back. I mean, you're not trading Josh Allen for Dalvin Cook. You're not trading Josh Allen for Alvin Kamara. People know they can stream quarterbacks far better and easier than they can running backs. So you're going to get probably a low-end running back one, high-end running back two, maybe, if you find the right team who's desperate enough. I just don't see the return in value for a guy of his caliber if he's your best option. How if, like a lot of people, you drafted him in later rounds and he was not your primary option. He's somebody you've been streaming or kind of going back and forth on all year, uh, such as somebody I'm playing this weekend has Josh Allen. Thankfully, he's on by this week. But he also has uh, Lamar Jackson. And he's been kind of switching back and forth as you know between who he thinks may have the best game. And if you're that player, your team is solid. He's actually in first place. You have Lamar Jackson. You can trade Josh Allen for another piece you may need, a better receiver, better running back. I can understand that. If you have a keeper league or a dynasty league where you could have him for a low-round draft pick like you, picked, like you drafted him this season, for instance, in, in the league I run, you can keep one player uh, in the same round the following year that you drafted him in the year you drafted him. So say this year, for instance, I decided to take a flyer on Joe Burrow and I drafted him in the very last round, round 16. 
well, I'm probably going to keep him next year as my keeper for a 16th round pick. It's a way to reward people for taking a chance on guys and really hitting on their talents um, and not, you know, and, and you get to keep them. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you you take an easy one, you draft a, a Kamara in round one. And, you know, next year you decide you're going to keep him in round one. So it's not always just a, a, a reward for a long shot, but in that instance it would be for me. But th- th- he could consider dropping a Josh Allen. If you have a Patrick Mahomes, if you have a Kyler Murray, if you have a Russell Wilson, you have an Aaron Rodgers, uh, even even the way he's played this year to some extent, like a Tom Brady, um, and, and you have another player when, once you trade Allen, who you could pick up to kind of you know stream in case you know one of those guys gets hurt or they're on buy or something, then by all means trade him. If you have a dynasty league and you get to just keep him forever, I'd be very weary to trade him only because. This guy's going to get better. He's getting he's gotten better every year he's been in the league. He's going to get better. He understands the game more and more, seemingly every week. He's going to be a really good one for a while. So unless you have a rock-solid option in front of him or somebody on an equal playing field, I would not move him. Just my suggestion, just my analysis. You don't – sometimes a trade looks good because it's exciting and you're getting somebody new and you see a big name on the other side – when you really break down what they can do for your team, it, it's not really worth it in the long run. And sometimes a trade looks a lot better uh, in theory than it actually ends up being. I mean, even if you were to get a, a good running back in return for someone like a Josh Allen, does that is that really worth taking away the security blanket of knowing you're pretty much set at quarterback unless you know two guys get a bad injury? You never know in fantasy anything can happen. There's there were <laughs> there was a year. I think it was Deshaun Watson's rookie year. I I, I didn't draft either uh, Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz, but they were both having phenomenal years. And Watson was almost single-handedly winning me games. He was putting up 40 to 50 points a game in my league. He was killing it. Goes out and practice, tears his ACL. I had almost traded Carson Wentz that weekend because of how good Watson was doing. He'd already gone past his bye week. I wasn't going to use anybody but him. I was glad I didn't. And then a few weeks later, Wentz tears his ACL. So I went from having two really great young quarterbacks who were winning me games to nothing. So nothing's ever a guarantee. But if your team is solid, there's no point in trading him just to pick up somebody who might help you half as much as he could by having a big game at the quarterback position. That will depend on the makeup of your team. Um, If there's a circumstance you're curious about, you're not sure if you should or not, Feel free to contact me. I will give you the information at the close of the show, uh, as well as leave the um, the links to those accounts on social media in, in the show notes. Um, yeah, contact me, and I'd, I'd be happy to help you walk you through it, give you my advice, my opinion. Uh, sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's cut and dry. Yeah, that's that's not a good decision. That's a good decision. That's not. That is. That's not. Other times, it, it's very confusing. It might some. That may need someone to help you. Uh, you know, figure it out. I'd be happy to do that. That's what I'm here for. Okay, moving on to the streams of the week. Uh, again, if you're new to the show, uh, the stream is simply somebody who's going to fill in for a week or two for injury or bye week or whatever. They're not your primary starter. Uh, you kind of just play it by ear as opposed to who you think will have the best matchup and who's available to pick up uh, at certain positions. 
Uh, quarterback is usually the one that's primarily streamed. Uh, I do give, have a few running back and receiver options, as well as tight ends I give you each week. But QB and defense and special teams are the two big ones that are streamed usually based on a matchup. Some people stream Q- QBs all year. They don't take a quarterback till round eight or nine and, it, and end up working out all that well for them. And they'll just stream the best option available each year or each week, excuse me. And sometimes they find success in that, depending on who they have. As for this week, uh, my quarterbacks, I have Big Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers, of course, uh, the guy who has not been talked about much in the MVP discussion, but I think that could change over the next few weeks. He's only 80% rostered, and he is the ninth quarterback as far as stats go and points in standard scoring. I don't know how he's available in 20% of leagues. He has, I mean, he's been a little banged up, but Roethlisberger usually is by the nature of the way he plays. And he has, I don't know, it's arguable because, you know, this kind of thing is subjective, but I believe he has the best receiving core top to bottom in the entire league in Pittsburgh. Talented running backs. Um, I don't know how this guy's available in 20% of leagues. I really don't. But he is facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why not just him, the entire Steelers team? It'd be weird if it was just him against the Jaguars. The Steelers are facing the Jaguars. Jaguars are 30th ranked uh, against uh, defense against the pass. They are not good at just about anything. I mean, I know a few weeks ago, Roethlisberger didn't have the monster game he thought he was going to have against Dallas. But I think this is a little bit different. Um, there just isn't the depth or even potential people thought it would. people thought before the season started based on who Dallas has that they'd have a really good defense. So the players are there. They're just not making the plays. Uh, in Jacksonville, this is not the defense from three, four, or five years ago. It just isn't. We all know that. This is a, a pretty poorly run team that needs a lot of work. Um, and I think Roethlisberger is going to go nuts and have a monster game. So much so that I have Joe Burrow in the league I was just talking about. I benched Burrow this week. I picked up Roethlisberger. I'm starting him. He could have one of the monster games of the season against his very, very poor Jaguars past defense. Uh, number two on the list, Joe Burrow, who I just mentioned. Only rostered in 69% of leagues. Now, team is facing the Washington football team which, again, still feels weird to say that, but that's what they're called. Uh, They're 11th ranked against the pass. They actually have a pretty good pass defense. I think Burrow, you know, he struggled facing Pittsburgh. He struggled facing Baltimore. Those really good defenses in division rivals also, so they know each other real well as far as the teams go. He struggled with them. I think that struggle is going to make him better. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and put up 400 yards and four touchdowns. I think he's going to have a very serviceable game. The, the Kind of the benchmark for a, a quarterback, especially a pocket passer, is kind of 250 yards and two touchdowns. If you can get that consistently or that equivalent in points, you're pretty happy. I think you could definitely do that this week. Again, only, available in 31% of leagues. I don't know why. Uh, we're not talking about start. If you want to not start him, that's fine. But there's no way... 31% of fantasy leagues where people have so much talent on their team, they don't need a guy like Joe Burrow. Don't get it. Uh, third on the list of quarterbacks, Carson Wentz. 
facing the Cleveland Browns, 26th against the pass. Wentz is not great, leads the league in interceptions and bad decisions. The butt of a lot of jokes. <laughs> I get it. It's not the prettiest pickup in the world. Uh, I don't know if I already said this. He's also available in 31% of leagues. Look, the guys are banged up. Uh, guys are, are, are hurt right now. Guys are on bye week. Guys are having tough matchups. This is not that difficult of a matchup for a guy who's going to have to throw the ball a lot because that offensive line is not great. And as much as I believe in Miles Sanders, they're going to be able to stack the box and shut him down to an extent. Wentz is going to be able to throw. So he's, he's, you're probably going to give up, you know, you're going to lose some points with two or three interceptions and maybe a fumble, but he's going to get a few touchdowns. He's going to get you a respectable total. If you're hurting, you could do worse. Running back. A guy who was in Miami forever didn't look good. Went to the Jets, didn't look good. Now he's with the Chargers, and he's looked really good the last two weeks. Kalen Balage facing the aforementioned Jets defense. 26th against the run. He's only rostered in 59% of leagues. 41% of leagues. A guy who right now is the number one running back for a pretty decent offense is available. I know the name. It's not a sexy name to see on your lineup. I get it. It's not a Dalvin Cook. It's not an Alvin Kamara. But the guy's getting it done right now. He's been in San, uh, San Diego, geez, L.A. with the Chargers for, for you know, two weeks. And he's put up two really good games. Austin Eckler is going to be out for a while still. Justin Jackson has that knee still banged up. And Joshua Kelly doesn't appear to be the number one there right now, even with those guys hurt. Looks like it's Kalen Blodge for the next couple of weeks. You could definitely pick him up, and he could help you with your march to the playoffs. Naheem Hines, I brought him up before. Uh, he, he, you know, the uh, Colts have Taylor, and he's a starter. He's the number one. Hines is a very good receiver out of the backfield, and he's not a bad runner either. And this is a team that knows they can't trust Phillip Rivers to lead them down the field passing. They need to run. They need to do the short passes to the receivers. Hines is available in 38% of leagues. He's only 62% rostered, and he's facing a Packers team that's 31st against the run. This guy should be at least 80 to 85% rostered by the time by the time the weekend comes. There's no way he shouldn't be. You're not going to tell me with all the injuries and all the problems and all the bye weeks that 38% of teams could not use a guy to go out there and potentially put up 10 to 15 fantasy points. I don't buy it. So some of y'all got to get on the ball and get this guy on your roster. Receiver, Christian Kirk, 70% rostered. I mean, gets the uh, potential MVP candidate Kyler Murray thrown to him every week. He's a speed threat. He's fast. Very, very fast. He's available in 30% of leagues, and he's facing the absolute bottom of the barrel pass defense in the league. Seattle Seahawks. I, I don't know how that's possible with some of the talent they have, but they are. They're not good against the pass. And they're really, really susceptible to giving up the big play, which is what Christian Kirk specializes in. That guy can run. I would not be surprised. He might catch two passes, but he's going to catch two passes for 80 yards and a touchdown. He's not your wide receiver one. He's your first or second flex position. You're getting 10 or, you're in, you know, 10, 12, 14 points from your second flex position. You're very happy with that. Pick this guy up. Give him a chance if you're hurting right now. 
he will not, you, you won't be sorry. Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not as confident in this one because I just don't know what the dynamic will be between Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, and Jameis Winston. I firmly believe what I said earlier. Jameis Winston is going to go to his security blanket and Michael Thomas and give him a massive amount of targets. I don't know how that's going to affect Emmanuel Sanders, but they're facing the only team that's a little bit better, or uh, excuse me, the only team that's close to as bad as the Seahawks. They're facing the Atlanta Falcons, who are 31st against the pass. So ideal situation for a quarterback coming into a position, getting his first start for his new team, uh, and, and, you know, couple of receivers who are used to getting Drew Brees throwing to him, dealing with Jameis Winston. This is a really good spot against a really weak pass defense. I'm not as confident in him as I am in Kirk or as I am in my third guy on this list, Jacoby Myers of the Patriots, only rostered in 40% of leagues. He started the last four games. He's had four really good games. He's the only receiver to get a target from Cam Newton last week. In that shocking win against the Ravens. Now, Cam threw to the tight ends. He threw to the, he threw to the running backs. He's the only wide receiver to get a pass from the quarterback. He gets a lot of targets. Cam is incredibly comfortable with him. He's a part of trick play, so you never know where other points are going to come from. I believe I've even, even seen him in the return game. Right now, he's a Patriots number one receiver. And Cam's passing stats are not usually great. But Myers ends up... Like, a couple weeks ago, I think he had 12 catches, like 160 yards. Cam only threw for like 190 yards, but 160 went to Myers. This guy has been impactful at all four games he started. He's going to keep starting. He's going to keep developing and getting better. I actually picked him up in the same league I had Roethlisberger starting in. I'm starting Myers because of what could happen. I'm facing the number one team in the league. I need a guy who can go out there and surprise me. He could lay an egg. He could get me 25 points. I don't know, but it's it's kind of exciting to have those guys in your team, and I'm going to give it a shot and see what happens. Tight ends. Dallas Goddard of the Eagles. Zach Ertz is still out. He's on IR. Uh, <laughs> the Eagles offensive line is not great. Wentz is going to have to throw to somebody. He's going to be checking down a lot to the tight end and a lot to the running backs, and Goddard is going to do, do pretty well. They're playing the Cleveland Browns, 22nd against uh, tight ends. It's worth a shot. Tight end is a usually pretty shallow position. This is a good matchup. Not a guy you're going to hold on to and keep every week in that position, but for this week, I think he could be all right. Tyler Higby of the Rams, only rostered in 47% of leagues, facing the Buccaneers that are 23rd against tight ends. Um... This is just a matchup. I haven't actually seen Higby play a lot as they're a West Coast team. Uh, I've seen him make some big plays. He's a talented kid. It just depends on the game plan for the Rams. But I think they're going to want to keep the ball away from Tom Brady in that Bucks offense. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to do short passes, high percentage completion passes to try to keep the ball, keep the clock moving. Could be a good week for Higby, at least respectable. Defenses. Miami Dolphins against the Denver Broncos. I'd go with the Dolphins. They're only rostered in 68% of leagues. And the Broncos have the 31st ranked offense in the league. So 
if you've been watching highlights, it seems ever since Tua came in, it's not nothing to do with Tua because it's a special teams thing, but the last three weeks, the Dolphins special teams have been playing incredibly well. They have a few touchdowns. You have a Denver Broncos defense or offense that is not great and that can make mistakes. You could very well have another situation where you have a defensive or special teams touchdown for Miami, as well as being able to really shut down Drew Locke and the Broncos offense. I don't. I mean, I don't need them any in my leagues because I have my defenses are solid. But if I did, I definitely look Miami's way. And the Browns, believe it or not, available in fifty four percent of leagues, facing the Eagles and Carson Wentz. I know what I said about Wentz having a nice game. I believe he will. However, he's also going to make some mistakes. And if some of those mistakes can lead to a touchdown, then it's not going to matter that he had a decent game because you're going to get the extra points for the special team's defensive score. He's prone to making mistakes. That Eagles offense is prone to making mistakes. I would absolutely feel good about starting Cleveland if I had to. Okay. On to the fan question for the week. Uh, and I would ask everybody if you have any questions for me to please feel free to ask. Uh, I can't guarantee if I get a lot, I can get to them all every week, but I will get to as many as I can. And I would even be willing to uh, answer questions through other uh, forms of communication as well, whether it be on social media or uh, well, anything really. I mean, there's a million ways to ask questions these days. So feel free. Don't be shy. No questions, dumb. Just, you know, let me hear them. All right, as I said, this is from Brian. Brian asks, Joe Burrow started off really hot and looked like he would be, or he would finish as a QB1. Over the past six weeks, he has only had one really good game with a few decent games at mixed end. Do you think it's time to move on from Joe Burrow or should I stick with him? Well, actually, uh, I kind of, I kind of, uh, for next, I actually forgot the nature of the question as I wrote it down here in the show rundown. I kind of answered that earlier, uh, but I'll obviously answer it again. Um, it depends. It depends what your other options are. I mean, if you if you, if you have a Russell Wilson or a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or or, or somebody like that, you're, you're feeling pretty good about starting them. And Burrow should kind of be there as a backup, as an option, uh, if something happens to one of those guys. Uh, he's a rookie, as we all know, and I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year, although Justin Herbert is going to give him a run for his money. Uh, but he he's played really well. Uh, I had a team that did really poorly last year. That team had to figure a lot of things out, new coaches, uh, new receivers, new offensive linemen, new quarterback. There's a, I'm not making excuses for them, and they're not making excuses for themselves. But there's a lot to figure out there. He plays in a division with some of the best defenses in the league. I can forgive him as a rookie for struggling against the Pittsburgh and uh, Baltimore defenses. Uh, unfortunately for him, he has to play both of those defenses again before the season's over. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking, just pull up real quick. I'll pull up his remaining games. Washington, then the Giants, then the Dolphins, then the Cowboys, Pittsburgh, Houston, and that that's week 16 against Houston. Uh and hopefully none of you are playing your championship in week 17. If you do, we need to talk because that's not something you want to do. Um, I mean, he could do okay against Washington. They have a good defense, but it's not dominant. Uh, the Giants are hit or, hit, or, hit or miss. Dolphins, you can throw on the Dolphins. Cowboys are, are 
terrible defense. I mean, you have some games coming up where if you have to kind of mix and match, you know, if you're asking me that question, you probably have two quarterbacks. You kind of got to mix and match between who has the better matchup that week. I mean, you could also stream someone. I mean, if you need help with that, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to answer any questions on that you may have. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't, I, I certainly, certainly wouldn't release him. I wouldn't just let him go. I wouldn't just get frustrated and, and drop him. A lot of players uh, or, or team owners in fantasy do those kind of things and they really regret it. Uh, so I would play the matchups. And again, don't be, don't be a slave to the matchups. We kind of look at, you know, a team might be really good against tight ends, but really suck against receivers or running backs or, so, I mean, you got to do a little research there on your own. It's all available. If you have an app like ESPN or Yahoo, all that's available on, on the player's page. should be available on your team page to do that kind of research and look into that stuff. Um, and sometimes you just know. You know the way they play, if they'll be okay against the defense or if they'll struggle. Uh, so, I would not give up on them. Um, it also depends if you're in a redraft league or if you can keep them. Like, for me, I started Roethlisberger this week. And I probably will for the foreseeable future based on matchups as long as he's healthy because of the capability with those four really, really good receivers in Pittsburgh as to what they can put up for points. I have no intention of dropping Burrow. I'm in, my league is a keeper league. I can keep him next year for a 16th round pick. I plan on doing that barring injury. So I'm going to hang on to him. But if you're in a redraft league and you have Patrick Mahomes and you can go out on a waiver wire and get, uh, um, I don't know, even like a Derek Carr, somebody who could put up a big game, then yeah, I mean, maybe. Then again, would you rather have Joe Burrow or Derek Carr? Honestly, right now, I trust Joe Burrow more. Unless you have a smaller league where there's definitely quarterbacks available if someone gets hurt, then you're going to want to hang on to two. And if you have to have a backup to your, you know, your definite number one starter, you could do a lot worse than Joe Burrow. So no, I wouldn't, wouldn't let him go, wouldn't give up on him, play your matchups, and, you know, good luck. Let me know how it goes. Okay. That's going to do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fantasy Football Advocate. If you did, hope you'll consider leaving a rating and review and telling someone you know who might benefit from some common sense fantasy advice about the podcast. As I stated earlier, if you have any questions, please don't be shy about reaching out and asking. You can find me on Twitter. That's at FFA underscore pod or Facebook. It's the name of the show, the Fantasy Football Advocate. It's the name of the page. Uh, Or Instagram at FFAdvocate. Uh, I'll leave the links to those accounts in the show notes. Uh, Thank you again so very much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Good luck in week 11. Let me know how it goes. Any questions, feel free to ask. And until next week, play smart, have fun, and I will talk to you all next Wednesday.